Okay, everybody, uh, listen up. Um, take your seats. Um, we are going to get the class started momentarily. Uh, please make sure to take out your notebooks and be prepared to take plenty of notes. I am your distinguished professor, Woody Brown, and to the right of me here, your other colleague, Tyler Bentz. Now, sit up, eyes forward, and be prepared to listen. And direct your attention up front. Let us begin. Hey, all you Democrats and Republicans, this is your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, not politics, retro video games, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your candidate, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other candidate, Woody Brown. How's it going? Oh, man, good. Uh, you know what's funny is we're recording this on Election Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know what the results are yet. But by the time this is published, yep. Well, I mean, hopefully, we'll know who the next president of the United States is. Yep. I want to um, apologize right off the bat. Uh, my kid is being a maniac by the sound of it downstairs, and she's bang- banging on the the baby gate. And then your kids are also home today. Yeah, right? my kids are home from school. I think they're using some of the schools in our county to, mm-hmm. as like election or uh, polling places. Yep. And so, or not polling places as, uh, yeah. What is it called? Yeah, yeah casting, that's right. Casting, ballot, ballot. <laughs> I don't know. A vote, it's important. Mm-hmm. And anyways, they're home. And as much as I have just kind of begged and pleaded with them oh, yeah. to stay downstairs and be quiet, I'm really not sure what's going on. I think they're playing with, I don't know if it's like a volleyball-sized rock <laughs> um, or what's going on down there, but it, whatever they're doing, they're having fun. So that's that's the important part. Yeah, it is. It's all it's it's only about fun when you're mm-hmm. a kid. So uh, so today we are kind of veering a little bit back into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. I really thought after yesterday's episode we would. Whoops. Um, last week's episode. I mean, last week's episode we kind of veer away from the paranormal, but we just can't do it. So this week we're getting into. A, a topic that uh, we both really love, mm-hmm. um, and it's a pretty broad topic. And I think for all you non-paranormal fans out there, I still think there's a little, you know, real-world kind of biological elements to this mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you can sink your teeth into. So let me start off by saying Woody Brown, not only is he a an underwear model, a, an Lord. insurance salesman, father of two, a... Uh, 17-time triathlete winner, <laughs> Ironman. Uh, he's uh, also, he also at one time uh, majored in biology. Mm-hmm. And um, our topic is related to that. Yeah, man. So I think it's important for anybody listening. First off, welcome to the first class at uh, Rad University. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we're going to do, you know, the old adage, like a good cop, bad cop. I think I'm going to be the professor that really kind of digs into the, like the biology side of, mm-hmm. of some of these creatures. Yeah. And then you're going to be the professor that is like the cool, 
Yeah. You know, I'm the one coming in, uh, smelling like booze and mm-hmm. all you the You constantly have like one of those old like tobacco pipes, and oh, yeah. uh, you're sitting in the quad reading a newspaper all day. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I got my degree in biology, but here's the thing, you know, <clears throat> and we're gonna go into, and you know, your professor Tyler will go further into sort of the common cryptozoology creatures and characters that we all know and Mm -hmm. some of which you probably have known about since you were a little kid i know Mm -hmm. that's when we were kind of introduced to them but i'm going to talk about some that you know initially people thought of as cryptids all right so first i think it's important we got to define what cryptozoology is right we do we do so i mean do you want to take that or sure it is uh Cryptozoology is basically the study of hidden or unknown animals, mm-hmm. including creatures once deemed imaginary by mainstream scientists. Right. So anytime we reference any of these creatures as cryptids, that's what we're talking about. We're talking mm-hmm. about creatures that, you know, as of yet, mainstream science has kind of said, well, we don't have any solid proof that proves that they exist. So here's what's, you know, it's just fascinating to me uh, as someone that does enjoy biology that some of the creatures that showed up on the list of, I guess you would call them ex-cryptids, I don't don't know, um, are so common in our brain now and just Mm -hmm. everyday creatures that it's kind of hard for me to believe that at one point people believed them to be, you know, mythical. And so the way I'm going to kind of present this, I kind of made a little short list here is going to be from sort of the most common to, you know, all the way down to the sort of least common uh, creatures that you may or actually may not have ever heard of. So the first one, this is just, this is going to blow your mind, the gorilla. Wow. Yeah, man. It, you know, it's super hard for us, especially if you grew up in the 80s. Wasn't there like a famous like gorilla in a zoo? You know what I mean? That did sign language and stuff? Oh, I think so, yeah. What was his name? I don't know. And I think he may have even been tied into Jane Goodall. Maybe. You know, she did a lot of work with chimpanzees, but I mean primates in general. But she's amazing, by the way. There's an Mm -hmm. incredible documentary on Disney Plus about Jane Goodall. And she's just, she's literally one of the most amazing human beings. And I didn't mean for us to get on that side topic. But (laughs) if you ever, like, I'm serious, man. She is unbelievable. She sounds hot. Is she in your top five? I mean, dude, I actually, to be honest with you, man, when I was a kid, I kind of had a weird crush on her, man. Just... You know, anyway, I love it. So, yeah, I mean, gorillas back in the day were thought of to be like these human like monsters that just were rarely witnessed. And Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of proof of their existence, essentially. No bone skeletons, really. It wasn't until like late 1800s, early 1900s that evidence, skulls at first, but then actual witnessed accounts of gorillas uh, happened. And even then, the mountain gorilla was one of the last things to be uh, discovered. And that wasn't until like 1902 or something. I mean, it's just nuts to me. Yeah. I mean, anybody listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You go to the zoo, you want to see the gorilla exhibit. There it is. Right? I mean, nobody thinks of that as like a mythical creature. It's just an animal that we all know and love. Well, and that's the thing. I think we are by no means anti-science on this episode or on this podcast, but, you know, it, it is a little annoying just how quickly they can dismiss these accounts, uh, you know, that hundreds, thousands of people have seen certain animals. 
I mean, for example, like in Brazil, there's, there's, you know, I don't want to jump. I'm not jumping straight in, but this is just for example. There's, there's one in Brazil that's called the Mapinguari, and basically it's exactly what, you know, the, the people that have seen it, the reports, they describe it exactly like a ground sloth. And in that area, the ground sloth died, you know, died off, you know, 60,000 years previous. But, I mean, who's to say that we've, you know, I just – yeah, I feel like as a people, we net, we just we cl- lay claim and like sort of think, oh well, no, we're smarter than everybody else, mm-hmm. and and we've seen and we've done it all. But it's like just think of the the amount of of areas that we've never explored. explored. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. And it's funny that you bring that point up because later on we'll kind of talk about in this you know used to be X cryptids or whatever we want to call them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these organisms. Uh, or animals that were once believed to be extinct right. that are still kind of sighted here and there. And, you know, it's it's easy for us sort of like, quote unquote, Westerners to kind of just get used to our animals that we're used to, you know. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like globally, really like the animals that exist, well, the proven animals that exist in the, you know, in North America, for example, Mm-hmm. aren't really that exciting. I mean, you yeah. go and we will visit as we go into these animals. We're going to go across the world into like Asia and Tasmania and, and Australia. And they're, <laughs> and they're just some like crazy looking animals. Africa, you know, I mean, there's just like these animals that are rarely seen that are, I mean, truthfully, you look and you see a picture on the internet, your first reaction is, oh, somebody photoshopped something pretty crazy here, but that's awesome, you know? Right, yeah. So the next one I kind of want to talk about is actually an animal that if you just kind of erased your memory and someone just showed you a picture of this, that's exactly what you would think. I mean, Mm. kind of rewind back in your mind um, to, like, you know, the 1700s and someone just kind of bringing a either a skeleton or, you know, an, a stuffed version of this dead animal to you, mm-hmm. you'd be like, this is not real. And that's what happened with our friend, the platypus. Oh, yeah. So you look at, I mean, look at a platypus, and I mean really take a look at it, right? Weird. If you look at it, you're like, what, man, what happened here? Did a beaver and a duck fall in love and then have like some children and those mm-hmm. children fell in love with like an otter what is happening here? It definitely, you know? it, it definitely looks like, you know, like a chimera of sorts. Like it definitely looks like, here's an animal over here, here's another animal over here, slap them together. Somehow they, because I mean, together. look, it's got like the duck kind of bill, mm-hmm. hence the name duck bill platypus. Mm-hmm. It's got like almost like a beaver's body, and then these like otter hands, and there's just a bunch of other cool stuff that it does. But I mean, no joke. Back in like 1799 or something, this this esteemed English zoologist named George Shaw found this platypus carcass, and he even described it initially. I mean, he thought it might be a hoax. He mm-hmm. said, um, on a subject so extraordinary as the present, a degree of skepticism is not only pardonable but laughable, perhaps to acknowledge that I almost doubt the testimony of my own eyes. And so when he received this carcass from Australia, he started to believe like, well, I really think it, it, it's real. But his Euro- European scientific community and colleagues really thought it was like the product of some talented Chinese taxidermists. And oh, yeah. it really wasn't until years later that its existence was definitively confirmed and accepted. I mean, 
there's just so much about this creature that's super interesting. First off, it's a mammal. It is the only mammal that lays eggs. It has this like electric sensory um, mechanism that kind of like dolphins, it basically senses other things with that electric current. And mm. if that's not enough, the males have a venomous spur on the back of their like hind leg. Oh, weird. I didn't <laughs> yeah, know that. Man. Yeah, so there's just all this like, you know, it really does fit the bill uh, hey <laughs> for a creature that seems, you know, mythical, fantastic. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a, it doesn't, see, it, it, it looks like the product of a kid's imagination uh, when they're like three, just drawing some crazy creature, boom, platypus, you know? Oh, yeah. And and when did you say, when like did you 18, say he discovered 18, it? Well, it was sent to him like 1799 or so. So we'll oh, say okay. like 1800-ish is whenever they were like, oh, yeah, it is real. You know, we they sent out expeditions out there to kind of find find them in the wild. You know, even back in, I think, the late 1800s or early 1900s, um, you know, I, I can totally understand him thinking, oh, well, this is some kind of hoax because that was around the era of like P.T. Barnum saying that he had like these, these things called the Fiji mermaid and he would charge people to come in and take a look at this mermaid, you know, and then later they found out it was basically a fish's body stitched to a monkey's head and torso. <laughs> Yeah. Which is really bizarre, but it, you know, so there was yeah, a lot of that going that. around. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. So next up on the list is um, actually one of my favorite animals, believe it or not, and that's the manatee. Ooh. So it gets kind of mixed Speaking in. Speaking of mermaids, these, by the way. Yeah, exactly, man. It gets mixed into, and I've got some beef for these sailors in just a second, but, yeah. you know, speaking of sort of just a mythical creature, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a manatee. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I've never seen one out in the wild. That's actually, like, I really want to do that. They're so gentle. They're just giant. You know, can you imagine, though, and I get it, being out to sea. I've never been out to sea, like, late at night just staring at the ocean water. But you see one of these things, or you're just on, like, a riverboat in the Amazon or something, one of these things just, like, pops up out of the water. Oh, yeah. You know, that would be scary. But I got to tell you, I don't know that I would confuse these sort of bumbly creatures um for like a beautiful i don't know daryl hannah uh, well from splash I, you know i don't I, I you also though you have to you have to look um you know within the sort of um perspective of i don't think originally the thought of mermaids or quote unquote mermaids like so many other things that we talk about i feel like disney has also sort of gave that a look that we all associate. Oh, well, that's what a mermaid looked like. So, mm -hmm. so I don't, and I mean, yes, there were, you know, early like sea vessels and they would have like the mermaid carved on the front of the stern bow. What's it just the front? Depend, just, I don't know. But yeah, they would have like the mermaid kind of deal. So yes, that was, you know, like quite a, a while. Dude, I, I get it, man. Like I would probably, you're, you know, you're out at night, you've been working, you've been at sea for right. so long. And then, so, but you know, I, I don't even know, I did not research, is that part of the manatee behavior? Does it stick straight out of the water? I don't know. See, I don't know. I, I think- I've the, never seen that. I yeah. I mean, you can kind of, I mean, I guess other than like, you know. Like maybe if it was like behind some like sea kelp and, you know, it's like kind of getting dark outside. Up on the rocks or something-ish. Or something. Yeah. yeah. I, don't I don't know. Anyways, when I think of, uh, in, you know, 
trash them all you want, but when I think of a mermaid, I, I definitely think of the movie Splash, which was like a mm. multi, multi-weekend renter whenever I was a kid. We, you know, couldn't get enough of that movie. Boy, oh, yeah. I had a crush man alive. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, which, so, By the way, I, th- I think they're re- remaking Splash. Mm, It'll be terrible, of, but... Not a big fan of remakes, yeah. but I think that could be a cool episode, and that would be remakes that kind of not were better but didn't ruin it, you know? Mm -hmm. Speaking of, and again, I don't want to derail completely like I'm prone to do, but Mm -hmm. man, I'm excited, but also a little pissed that Dune looks incredible. But now it's pushed back to like... I know, 2022 or something. uh, Maybe it's 2021. Maybe I'm No, I think it's it's like two years, (sighs) which is nuts. That's okay. I got the original on VHS. All right. (laughs) And I I think the casting is just about... As good as it gets, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just I mean, from the back, it's crazy amazing. big. It's cast. hard to do better than um, Jean Luc Picard himself. It's hard to mm-hmm. beat Patrick Stewart uh, because he was in the original one, but I think they mm-hmm. did a good job getting. Uh, oh, uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin mm-hmm. plays that character, and that's a good. That's a good match. Yeah. Okay, next up is we're starting to get into the creatures that again become more and more obscure, and even truly more believable that. They, you know, if you saw them, you'd be like, that's a crazy, that's not real. And uh, this one's called the, and I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation here, but it's Okapi. Oh, yeah. And it's so awesome. what it looks like, you know, obviously we'll we'll post some pictures up um, in the uh, the show artifacts tomorrow. But, you know, what it looks like essentially is if you blended a zebra with a donkey and a deer and an antelope and then just put it into an animal. That's what it's it looks weird. like. It's, yeah. it's really strange. And, you know, it's actually, I think it's genetically closer to a giraffe than any of those that I just listed. But it yeah. is, um, every now and then you can you can kind of see them in zoos. They're um, super rare in the wild. I think they take them to zoos to, uh, to hopefully kind of breed them in captivity so they can, you know, repopulate them at some point. Do you know when, when they discovered them no. or this animal? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they live in you know dense remote rainforest in central africa yeah mm-hmm. and so now we're going to dive into the coelacanth oh yeah and i think that one's probably one of the kind of one of the big you know pushbacks against uh the science community of like oh no 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 you don't know everything mm. because and you see, know. I didn't dive too far into when it was discovered because to me, like I learned about it when I was in college and, you know, it's been quite some time now. So, but it's really super fascinating. Number one, if you look up this creature, first off, it is kind of terrifying because oh, yeah. number one, it's a kind of bottom dwelling fish mm-hmm. that is humongous. Oh, I mean, yeah. they can weigh around 200 pounds. Wow. They have this like thick scaly armor that they like prefer to kind of come out in the dark. And so during the daytime, if if there is any light where they're located, they kind of like retreat into caves in the ocean. Mm. They have these weird sort of like fleshy uh, fins. And the way it swims too is almost like if you imagined a primitive like lizard or something like, or just a fish with four fins almost like feet and you put it on land and it actually like walked. That's literally how it swims. So weird. And so a lot of scientists believe that, you know, it is sort of like the evolutionary link between water and land dwelling creatures. And there's just, you want to talk about creatures that you would never even a million years 
realize that they exist. Oh, you yeah. Know, the depths of the ocean, man, is just a fascinating kingdom of just variety and just crazy predators and crazy just ecosystems that are just, it's just incredible stuff, man. Well, and I mean, I think that's the thing, too. I mean, the, you know, I, I'm just looking it up here and, you know, the California Academy of Sciences say that basically we discovered 71 new animal and plant species in two, just 2019. So it's it's so weird to me, the idea that everyone is like surprised when we find new things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, especially we're finding, you know, new species of all kinds of things in the, you know, the deeper we go in the ocean. So, well, I'll say this, I'll say that the general public is probably more surprised than the scientific well, yeah. community, truthfully. Yeah. Because, I mean, I had some professors, man, like who, I mean, I actually had a professor who discovered and named a microorganism. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's so, cool. you know, science, that's, if they've been in science for a long time, that's their passion and mm-hmm. they want to discover these things. Nothing would thrill a scientist or a zoologist more than to discover a new creature. I mean, that is just, I mean, their name gets written down in history for that, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're going to move to a part of the world that I know so well. And we're going to dive into... Gainesville, Georgia. No, no, the beautiful (laughs) islands of Indonesia. So this actually has two interesting creatures. Now, again... Hey, before, before, I don't mean to cut you off, but before we get into this... But I'm going to anyway. Go ahead. Can you tell... The folks, and exp- I need you to explain why you like this fruit called a durian fruit. Well, I mean, that's a hard thing to explain. I remember you had some at your old apartment, and you were like, oh, man, you're going to love it. And it was... Well, I, I knew that you might not love it. I just kind of said that so you would try it. And boy, Here's the deal. It, if you've never tried durian, probably don't. The, best, the best description I've ever seen was actually an episode... Um, of one of Anthony Bourdain's uh, shows. And I don't remember which show it was or which episode, but he tries it and he describes it in such a perfect way. And I don't remember exactly (laughs) what he said, but this is my description. It's like, first off, durian is super famous for being very, very smelly. Oh, yeah. Um, You can smell it, no joke, from like a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's so like stinky and people just kind of hate it so much that in Singapore, it's actually illegal, uh, to sell it, um, in like wow. an open market or anything because they don't want it smelling like that at all. Yeah. So where I lived in Jakarta though, you could get it a plenty. It's weird. It's just like some of these old eighties movies that we talk about. It's one of the, so first I'll describe the taste and then you'll understand what I mean by, I just have this like affinity for it because it brings back so many memories and all this. Okay. The smell and taste. I want you to imagine like something that's rotten, Mm. onions, body odor, and, and then at the end of that, a little bit of sweetness in there somehow. That's what it smells like. Now, when you taste it, it's weird, man. I wanted, you know, explain the texture though. Well, it's kind of like a, um, it's hard for me to explain. It's kind of like, there's like a fleshy fruit that surrounds like a seed. But around that is almost like there's like a fibrous sort of layer that's kind of stringy outside of that. So you got to kind of get past that. If you're like a texture person, like my son would never be able to try that because of the strings. See, oddly enough, the strings, and I'm real big on texture too, but. 
the string part didn't bother me. It's the the soft like. Mm. So good, dude. It's like fruit, though. It's a fruit, you know, like Ugh. banana. So it's like, and and it's weird, man. I don't. I know. I mean, you eat it like a spoon, though. It's like yogurt, kind or something. of. But I mean, well, you can, yeah. But I mean, sometimes you just pick up that old seed and just shove that thing in your mouth, man. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. No, you just, oh, it's so good. So, you know, again, every time I've tried, I think uh, I would love to know the science behind this. You know, there's like some people who, because of you know, genetics or whatever, mm-hmm. when they taste or smell cilantro, it's just horrific for them. They smell it differently. See, I hate cilantro. See, I think that's it, man. I think it's, I some, think it's associated to like high like intelligence. Yeah, if you like cilantro, you're correct. If you like cilantro, <laughs> very high intelligence. So there you go. No, I no, love no. cilantro. What I'm trying to say is I think there might be some sort of thing going on there with durian because some people really love it, some people really hate it. And I just... Well, even know. Anthony I've, Bourdain, didn't he hate it? Well, he was just kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, th- I'm thinking of Andrew Zimmerman. Andrew or whatever Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zimmerman? Yeah. Is that right? Zimmern? I don't know. Anyway. Mandela effect. Mandela effect, man. Is it real? Anyhow, I can't believe we started talking about durian, but yeah, um, that's just, it's not I just that associate that with Indonesia. With Indonesia, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, God, I love Indonesian food. That reminds me, we need to have it sometime over here. I'll, I'll have my wife kind of learned how to make it because she likes it too. We ate it initially in San Francisco. This is years before there was any Indonesian restaurants in Atlanta. Uh, we went out to San Francisco and San Francisco and other parts of California have a larger sort of Indonesian population. And so mm-hmm. we sought that out, man. I was like, oh my gosh, we gotta, we got to find some Indonesian food. And so she kind of learned how to cook some of it. Anyhow, we're getting we got way, way out in the way. Here weeds. we go. There sorry. we go. I'm sorry. It's all good, dude. I kind of like talking about that stuff. It, uh, it's fun to reminisce. So anyways, mm-hmm. here we are. We're in the ar- archipelago. <laughs> archipelago <laughs> of Indonesian islands. And one in particular is the home of a creature that even has a mythical name. And that is the Komodo dragon. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. I've seen these things in real life. They actually have them at the Atlanta Zoo, I believe. But I've seen them... Not in the wild in Indonesia, but they have a lot of them over there. I did, however, see a lot of their smaller monitor lizard cousins uh, in the wild and actually got chased by a couple um, on a camping trip one time. And, you know, Komodos, mm. if you if you watch any kind of specials on them or you look them up, man, even their their jaws apparently are so strong that you can't, you wouldn't be able to, like, pry your arm out of it. If, if yeah. a Komodo latches on, boom, it's there. And... It's saliva and everything. Its mouth is so it's like um, toxic, right? Yeah, or toxic, poisonous. Man. Yeah, it, it houses a lot of like harmful bacteria and stuff. And so you, you know, you'll it's, it's just bad for you if you get bit. And they're super, they're fast. Um, mm-hmm. They're just these fascinating creatures, man. Uh, but again, those are some that, as early explorers were kind of just making their way around the globe. In, in Indonesia, it was the Dutch, and the Dutch were there, and kind of like these guys would write back and. Uh, to Deutschland and and say, you know, gosh, there's these giant dragon creatures that are on the beaches of this island. And they're like, no, there's not, you know. Um, but it turns out they're real. Mm-hmm. Okay, lastly, this is actually going to be closer to where I think we're going to be going with the cryptids that still exist, the ones that have not been discovered yet. 
And this is actually a relatively recent discovery as early as like 2003, scientists think like, holy smokes, man, maybe there is something to this. So there are these folk tales in Indonesia and an island, the island of like Flores, that tell of a mysterious race of little people, what they called the Ibu Gogo. And this creature, a race of people would abduct the children in the, in the villages and spoke in like little murmurs. Wow. So scientists, See, I love that stuff. Oh man, for sure. Because so like, cool. you know, what they discovered later was in 2003, they scientists discovered the remains of like a new kind of humanoid species that they've called Homo florensius. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Florescian. <laughs> Florescian. We'll cut it out. Florensius. Strong. Flore, no, Florescensis. Florescensis. That's it. Homo Florescensis. Nice. So scientists have discovered, or they, they discovered the remains of a new humanoid species they called, oh, I'm not going to get it, dude. <laughs> get in there. Get in there. Homo Florescensis. Yes. Ooh, well right. done. Well done. And it was discovered in the caves on this island. So fossil. Wait, is, it, is this the same as the. No. Um, Orang, Orang Pandek or whatever? No, no. No, I'm talking about the. In New Zealand, like the hobbits they found. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's the same, but this one was named for that island that it was found, you know, Flores, mm. and that was the beginning of their name. So there's, you know, there's probably another subspecies. Yeah, of sure. the uh, you know out there in the Shire, <laughs> exactly. As we begin to dive into cryptids, we're, you know we're going to eventually go into folklore and how it plays a role in, well, frankly, especially after the books that I've been reading, oh, yeah. everyday life, even as Americans, you know, mm-hmm. all of our ancestry, whether it's Native American or going back to our U- European ancestry or African ancestry or whatever it is, all of this folklore exists that every now and then one of these potential cryptids is a part of. And so as you guys can see, and I think I'm glad that we started off this conversation with, okay, look, it's very easy as soon as someone hears the word Bigfoot Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. them to say, here we go. Now, of course, (laughs) not our fans, man. You know, our listeners are open-minded. But oh, yeah. new listeners might not be, right? And because mm-hmm. we talk about so many different things on this podcast, you know, this might be an episode where they think, you know, what are we talking about here? But yeah. that's why I think it was important that we started with this because, I mean, at some point, someone thought a gorilla was yeah. fake or a platypus, like all these creatures that we talked about. You know, keep an open mind. Think about it. There's so much of this world that's undiscovered, not just the ocean, I mean, but man, the ocean in particular, but oh, yeah. it's not impossible, certainly not impossible for there to be creatures that we have not seen yet. Yeah. I mean, and imagine also, I mean, how we view, um, how we would, you know, think of like a Bigfoot or Sasquatch or Yeti or, you know, all the different sort of variations on that. I mean, that's exactly how that person would have felt, I'm sure, that was the first guy to see, or girl, was the mm-hmm. first person to see the... Um, the mountain gorilla. I mean, just imagine oh looking gosh, over dude. and then being, you know, seeing this massive thing. Now it's my turn to ask you. Okay, hold on. And just students, a second. Sure, okay. my, <laughs> sorry. God, all my stupid apps just like, ugh. Sorry. Apps? Apps? We have apps? Not open? apps. I mean tabs. Oh, web apps. Gotcha. Get those web apps going. Um, Forget about that. How about this? 
You figure out what web apps you need for the next part of our conversation so our <laughs> class doesn't uh, fall asleep out there. Students, mm-hmm. sharpen your pencils, get a fresh piece of paper ready, open your textbooks. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. and When we get back, we're going to dive straight in to Cryptid Zoology 101. After these messages, we'll be right back. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, so basically, when I think of cryptid, uh, you know, it immediately puts me back. Hey, man, to, why don't you welcome our listeners back? Welcome back, folks, foals and fillies. Um, you know, when I think of cryptids, and I'm sure you're probably the same, we think of the top, you know, the top candidates. And number one has to be Bigfoot. Give him to me, champ. Speaking of champ, there's Champy. Uh, the Lake Champlain uh, Loch Ness Monster, basically. Mm. And, you know, a lot of these things have been, you know, it's easy to uh, sort of view this in sort of a, a mo- through a modern lens, you know, of like, oh, well, this is something that we've never discovered and it's got to be fake. But in reality, I mean, a lot of these things, you know, are pre-1800s, uh, pre-1700s. So there's like, there's Champy. Um, which is kind of a, a big one. There's Nessie, obviously, the Loch Ness Monster. Who, like, what, was, what were your bigger ones when you were yeah, a kid? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it was obviously Bigfoot, thanks mm-hmm. to Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, yeah. Man, and, I forgot about that. And then I think after that, somehow, I don't know, you know, you get these library books and stuff like we've talked about on previous shows, and I think mm-hmm. I was introduced to uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Well, I guess Chupacabra. Yeah, that, I, was gonna say, I feel that's, like that's more recent for me, though. Like not yeah. in the, not in the last like year or two, but like you know maybe twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. You hear about the Chupacabra sightings and stuff, but really it was just like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, both of those were kind of, especially as a kid, enough to just kind of like, oh man, like think about them being present and you know Bigfoot maybe being out there in the woods. But you know, I, I as I'm kind of glad as a kid that I wasn't scared of Bigfoot, like. If anything, yeah. I just thought he would be kind of like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, like kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, not dumb, but kind of like gent- like a gentle giant. Um, 
Well, I mean, from what they, what they, you know, the, I mean, I can't say evidence, but, um, you know, from the sort of reported sightings and experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Reported sort of data, I guess, is, um, you know, that most of them, and granted, here's the the other disclaimer for the show, uh, especially coming from me. A lot of these things I don't necessarily know are, I, I don't know that they're your flesh and blood, purely, you know, biological, you know, corporeal sort of, you know, bodies, basically. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, I mean... Hold on, so what you're saying is you're, by you introducing them as potential biological creatures, you're just introducing them that way, but I think if listeners remember, your sort of stance on it all is they could be potentially other dimensional creatures. Okay. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, you know, to a lot of you that that aren't into Let's this kind of thing. Let's not scare them off, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but I, you know, for, for Bigfoot, for example, I mean, you know, there's a ton of um, sighting reports. There's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cast, you know, casting, like footprints. There's a ton of those out there from all across the, the globe. I mean, there's, you know, reports of the Yeti way up in the Himalayas, and that's my daughter screaming her head off in the background. Well, I can't, I can't hear, but, yeah, man, I mean, dude, there's how many different names for Bigfoot, dude? Yeah. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Wok Wok. Uh, yeah, you know, there's Yeti with skunk ape. Yeah, within uh, within United States and Canada alone, man, like mm-hmm. world traditions of native tribes, man. I mean, this isn't just something that started in the '60s or something, you right? Know? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy. Um, I think his name is Tom Slick. He was a um, huge expedition guy, and his whole big deal was to, hey, I'm going to fly to Tibet. I'm going to climb the Himalayas. And I'm going to discover this Yeti. And he actually found while he was up there that supposedly there was a monastery, you know, way up with the Sherpas, way up in the mountains. We're talking way too cold, way too high up, way too long of a travel, you know, to just be these silly people. Playing a prank. Yeah. This is for the people that say everything is, oh, it's just a hoax. It's just Mm -hmm. somebody. Now, what sucks is, and I think we've talked about this Mm -hmm. either on the show or just over the phone what sucks is there are stupid idiots out there yeah that do this kind of stuff yep as a hoax like didn't you tell me about like some dude said he'd found like a bigfoot carcass and then they they filled it yeah. up with like possum meat yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah i think it was actually two uh sheriff's deputies and they filled a what was it a they kept it in their freezer and for the longest time it was like oh we're you know we're keeping it keeping it quiet. We're not going to tell anybody. And I think somehow there was some kind of money involved. It was like, oh, well, we'll show you, but you have to pay some oh, kind of... Oh, yeah, of course. You know, some silly Jeez. kind of thing. Um, so, yes, that is a horrible thing for the cryptid community as a whole because not only does it discourage a lot of people from further exploring some of these things that that I believe uh, could definitely be real, it also, you know, it was just sort of one more arrow in the quiver for the hardcore skeptics to just be like yeah all that stuff's bs and and we're not gonna we're not gonna give you funding to go on expeditions we're not gonna it, it really is kind of a bummer um but i do think that as much as i think that community is looked down on i think in the year we're living in and the time we're living in you know 2020 i think that it is getting those things are getting you know better and better and better better mm-hmm. um 
I think it, it just it's it's less maybe a little less cynics and um, you know hopefully it's because we have discovered so many any you know many new mm-hmm. species. So I would um, say I think the most recent discovery was like the the giant squid probably. Yeah, that and, and not that just was, alive though. I mean they used to wash up on shore and stuff, but I think like relatively recent mm-hmm. they've gotten some like footage of a giant squid down in the depths of the ocean because as the technology yep. uh, improves for being able to to grab some footage down there um, mm-hmm. which is it's wild i mean it's so funny too that you just brought that up because uh i had this monster book you know talking about checking books out of the library i have a monster book that came from the library that uh i never turned back in like almost all of my monster books that i own now um <laughs> and uh and that's the funny thing. On the cover is the Kraken, you know, which is this mm-hmm. giant squid. And later on, you find out, oh, no, 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 that's that's actually a real thing. I think a lot of times some of these, these you know, people of old uh, actually did see these things. Um, I mean, I think, was it, was it even, was it Roosevelt that had a Bigfoot? So I think he had someone on his, like, hunting party. There was a guy... In his, like, expedition. Yeah, that told him, like, an account of it and that he ended up writing about in, like, a journal or something. Right. Um, But he didn't do it in a way that was, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek. It was very, like, hey, this is somebody that I trust Mm -hmm. very much, and this is what he saw. And that's the thing. I mean, why would, you know, there's so many reports. I mean, especially those guys. I mean, there's there's a ton of of, uh, sort of paranormal things tied to George Washington and, and, you know, well, we'll get into that later. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to um, the fact that a lot of this stuff didn't just happen in, you know, recent history. Right. That it, right. like, not only spans our country and continent, but mm-hmm. other parts of the world that would never have been able to share those legends, really, with yeah. one another. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, in the Himalayas and... Uh, well, I mean, we kind of touched on it a second ago. Like in, in Indonesia, there's a um, Indonesian sort of um, version of of Bigfoot, if you will. It's actually kind of a shorter, smaller version um, called Orang Orang Pandek, I think is what Pandek, it's called. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's there's oh man, what's the guy's name? Daniel something. But anyway, there's Larusso. Ac- no, it is something like that memorable though. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but you know, uh, it's like Daniel Martin or something like that. But there's active expeditions going on right now. Oh, see, uh, that's so cool, man! In Indonesia, trying to find you know that creature, and they, they sort of like the theory essentially is that it it could be potentially just like either kind of like we talked about a sort of not subspecies of human, but maybe a reclusive sort of mm. like tribe of indonesians that um you know are super scared off by technology and stuff i mean it always i always think about that um you know for as long as i live this image of do you remember like maybe early 2000s mid 2000s when there was that footage of the helicopter that flew over i think it was a yeah it was i think it was a part of like borneo or something in in indonesia and they found these like tribesmen who Mm -hmm. were like one of them was like painted in like all red body paint, like head to toe, man, just like oh red. yeah. And then one was like painted in all blue. I think like, there's a new documentary like, about this. Maybe, man. They're like yelling and like shaking their spears at this helicopter. You know, think yeah. about it, man. They they're seeing this like flying 
creature in the air. And again, it kind of goes back to, you know, the the passport to Magonia stuff. Oh, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all throughout history, you know, there's been these sightings of things that could be, you know, yeah. is it time travelers, is it just mm-hmm. other dimensional stuff? So I'm just kind of putting myself in those tribesmen's shoes or no shoes, uh, bare feet? <laughs> and like loincloth. You know, cloth. I don't even think they had loincloths. I mean, they just painted um, head to toe, dude. Solid colors. It's nice. so cool looking. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there are so many remote locations, so many different things that exist out there. I think nothing's impossible. And, you know, Bigfoot, Loch Ness um, are the two really that come to mind immediately. And then there's of course offshoots of all that stuff. Oh but yeah. Yeah. Are there well, any well, others? Are there any others that like, besides Chupacabra? That, oh, there's, I mean, there's so many, um, before like, we, before we go into those though, real quick, um, yeah. you brought up a, uh, you know, when I thought this is where you're going, where you were going when you said, um, when you were talking about tribes, because this is something that's, that's probably one of the most fascinating things to me about sort of the Bigfoot, you know, Sasquatch, uh, Yucca man, skunk ape, Yeti, you know, there's all the different sort of names is, um, you know, just in, in North America alone, every single indigenous tribe, um, whether it was the Cheyenne to the Cherokee to, you know, the Lakota, Algonquin, from all across the nation, every single one of these tribes had a, you know, what they viewed as another tribe of, you know, uh, what they would they would consider like wild men, like they didn't, they didn't. I guess they didn't really have the scope or the lens to view it through like we do. Of like, okay, well, we're humans, and then these people, these things are, you know, probably some sort of upright hominid, half ape, half human, Neanderthal kind of thing. Um, but to them, they viewed this thing as another tribe of of, you know, indigenous Indians, you know, Native Americans, what have you. Um, but they looked at these things as a, like another tribe of just really tall, hairy individuals. And I've always thought that was fascinating. I mean, every mm-hmm. single top to bottom all across the the nation, every single one of these has the same kind of story of these wild men. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, a, you know what's amazing. interesting about that too is it kind of tells you a little bit about how they viewed um, – nature in general right because they're going to approach and 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 respect a fellow right. man even if they're different um differently mm. than they would like sort of like an animal you know you know what i'm saying though i mean they they're going to I mean, fear some pretty sa- savages though that were yeah pretty oh boy is that are you allowed to say savage yeah I, yeah right okay i mean there was some hardcore well, I mean, I'm not talking about inner tribal battles here. I'm talking no, no, about No, no, I'm talking about like uh there were like cannibals like Mm-hmm. tribes that would full-on you know oh yeah well, dude there still is like man. the comanches i think were well, i mean there's a cannibalistic tribe in indonesia dude same thing borneo wow yes yeah, still there now them. like oh yeah there's also like head shrinkers man. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no i mean like literally this is a piece of the world that is still mm-hmm. untouched it's fascinating man yeah i mean even the, even like i want to keep Amazon. it untouched yeah oh i do too yeah i mean the the amount of you know, again, I know I keep harping on this, but just the 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 concept that oh, well, there's all these there, there's nothing that we haven't discovered yet, and like, I mean, just look at the Amazon. Um, I mean, I think it, new tribes were discovered in the Amazon that we had never discovered mm-hmm. in the past five years, maybe. Um, yeah, 
I mean, it's it's egotistical, man. It I is. I mean, just to and think it's so, that such a we big know world. everything and that there's nothing else to discover is just ridiculous. You know? Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, so small minded. Yeah. So um, you know, it. Uh, you know, those are the big guys. The um, you know, but there's also the smaller ones. Uh, well, well, no. Before you, before, I don't think this is the class for the smaller ones. But imagine there's I mean, I'm just going to throw a chalkboard behind you. Imagine mm-hmm. there's a chalkboard behind you. You write down. So far, we've got Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. We've got Loch Ness monster. Yep. We got Chupacabra. Yep. I know one that we're missing, and I don't know. I mean, truly, dude, I know almost nothing about. I just haven't gotten to that part of the book yet, mm-hmm. and that's. The Mothman. Oh, God. Mothman's probably my favorite. It's from West Virginia. It's a creature that was seen in Point Pleasant from November 15th, 1966 to December 15th, which that's interesting. It's a, an exactly a year. So the, there's there's some confusing things about the Mothman because there's sort of two stories. And I mean, I think a little bit of it had to do with the Mothman Prophecies, which was written by John Keel, who was a genius. And, uh, you know, he, like Jacques Vallée, he really got into the, you know, the concept of of maybe these things aren't nuts and bolts, UFOs or flesh and blood. Maybe they are, uh, you know, coming from like another dimension or maybe we're seeing these things through sort of the veil of, uh, or they're able to kind of pop in and out of, you know, like a multiverse type concept. But, um yeah, the there was like an old TNT factory apparently, and there were two couples in a car um, at this old TNT factory, and they saw these two glowing eyes. Basically, they said that it had what looked like ten foot wings. Jeez, you know, again, all the skeptics that were like, "Oh no, it was just a uh, some sort of crane that's sort of in that local area." Um, but yeah, they they peeled out of this old abandoned TNT factory when they saw these red eyes. They saw the silhouette of this thing that had ten foot wings. I think they described it. No, uh, where where is this again? It's Point Pleasant, uh, North Virginia, or um, Point Pleasant, <laughs> Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mm. Um, and you know, it didn't have again 1965. It didn't have like a head. Oh, it, they gosh. said it looked like it. It was sort of. Um, you know, it's kind of like the eyes were sort of in the shoulders, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've seen that drawing, man. That is, I got to say, out of all of the cryptids, like the, if you had like the, the top five and that's them, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Chupacabra, mm-hmm. Mothman, whoever number five is, top four, we'll say. Yeah. This one is definitely the most terrifying to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one because later they... And and again, we're kind of just given a brief sort of primer on a lot of these things. We're not, uh, you know, later on there will be full episodes sort of devoted to these things. We'll dive a lot deeper. But, you know, I think originally there were, so the these two couples saw it and it chased them. And I think it like killed a dog or something. Or they, yeah, they said its eyes looked like bicycle reflectors um, and blamed buzzing noises from his television set and disappearance of his German shepherd dog at the creature. This was another guy in the area. There were two like grave diggers around that little time, um, and you'll hear you'll also uh, get used to us saying the term "flap," which is sort of a term used <laughs> um, where this is called you know from 1965 to 66. That would that was you know the flap. That was when all this stuff kind of went down. So a bunch of sort of corroborating corroborating. Um, 
God. How about your wobble waiting? Corroborating. Um, put them all together and, you know, they, they make up this flap. So anyway, so, you know, shortly after all this stuff in 1967, so this happened, so the flap happened around a year. And a lot of people had a lot of different ideas. Oh, it was like a harbinger of doom. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was here to warn us. Uh, because in December 15th, 1967, there was a bridge called the Silver Bridge. And this is really sad. It was like, it was packed. I mean, the bridge was completely, you know, full of cars. And mm-hmm. and it was between Point Pleasant and the next major city over. I can't remember what it would be. But um, basically, they were going driving into the city to get Christmas presents. And this bridge collapsed, and it killed mm. 46 people. Oh, man. And they said that you could see, um, you know, boxes of presents all floating in the water. Oh, which man. Just that horrible. Sucks. Yeah, really, really terrible. So people think that the appearance of the Mothman mm-hmm. uh, was in some way sort of um, kind of warning people that something like that was going to happen. Or it just was a signal that maybe it brought that calamity with it kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Actually, both of those things. There's there's multiple sort of deals, uh, sort of views on that. And a lot of people were sort of torn on it. Uh, eventually, it you know, there's the town sort of adopted it as like, oh, it's, you know, he was a good guy. And I think there's been sort of reports maybe here and there, like, but not, you know, nothing like a confirmed sort of flap where it was a lot of people within this like small amount of time seeing it. But yeah, John Keel wrote a book called The Mothman Prophecies uh, back in 1975. And um, later on, there was a movie with Richard Gere, um, which is actually pretty good. It holds up. I need to, re- I need to rewatch that. I think it's on Prime right now. Ooh. I remember seeing hmm. it, um, so I need to rewatch that. Yeah, I'm, I made my wife, Courtney, watch it. and um, Was she like scared? Said, like, is it scary? I just no, remember it being kind of scary, right? Well, the the thing is, I mean, it's, I don't think it's scary. I mean, there's like a few parts that are kind of creepy, but it's more like a psychological type yeah, yeah. kind of deal. Uh, I mean, I think they do a really good job, though. And I guess he plays John Keel. Is that the deal? Well, I that think. That kind of rhymed. That was lame. <laughs> I think the, um. I think the idea was that he was kind of supposed to play a mix between John Keel and I think the sheriff in the area, mm-hmm. um, who was kind of a character in that, you know, during that flap, who was, you know, vocal in like the papers and the media and stuff. He's got a trunk of possum meat just... Just ready, man. ready for yeah. money. But yeah, it's, you know, eventually they, like most of these towns, they sort of adopted it as, you know, almost like a mascot. And there's a statue which... It's kind of weird. You can look it up. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. The statue, in my opinion, looks nothing like what any of the reports. I mean, it looks kind of like a superhero. Yeah. Metal I've seen that, too. It's all, We got to go there, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to go to the festival. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's like a big parade and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, he he is one of fair, my favorites. We're <laughs> going off the rails here. I think another one which, uh, well. How about this? Hold on. This is just my request here. We're we doing a two-parter. Well, no, I just think we need to dive into these cryptid creatures one mm-hmm. by one, and yep, we do. You know, start kind of bringing that into the forefront of future episodes where we just maybe talk about a couple of the encounters that are reported about mm-hmm. each one. Every oh yeah, and then you know, because I mean, there's just so much. Is the point? I mean, I'm looking up here. I've got this book by Brad Steiger that is just literally like 400 pages of accounts mm-hmm. i mean literally it's just back to back 
accounts of people running into everything you can think of in terms of creatures. So, oh yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we, I think we give a, you know, we've given them a brief introduction into what cryptozoology is. Mm-hmm. What are cryptids when they hear that? When they hear us talk about it? When they hear other podcasts talking about it? And kind of where our stance is. I mean, mine really does kind of right now uh, lean more towards the the possibility that these creatures exist is absolute to me and mm-hmm. that they're biological creatures and, per- and and perhaps they do have abilities that we don't know. I mean, do, just even thinking about the platypus or if you were to explain to someone in the 1600s how a dolphin communicates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, know, yeah, exactly. Right? It seems like magic. It still seems like magic to me. You know, I mean, uh, and so I think, so that we don't get too far into the weeds about all these accounts. Cause it's very easy to do cause it's super interesting and so oh, yeah. awesome. And it's so b- broad too. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many. Yeah. And so many different like legends and mm-hmm. you know, just Bigfoot alone, man. And, you know, there's just so many stories and old tradition. I'm super fascinated by the stuff that happened pre electricity. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, and, and not to, you know, get the fire started again, but, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a... I've always looked at it as... Uh, and I'm sure you have too. For the longest time, I thought, okay, well, this... It looks exactly like what we would think of like a plesiosaur. Basically, mm-hmm. like a brontosaurus, but with fins. My daughter, mm-hmm. Amelia, is massively into dinosaurs, so she's probably going to lose her mind when she hears that because I'm saying all this wrong. But, yeah, you know, basically... I thought for the longest time, well, this this is just some sort of an ancestor to like the plesiosaur and somehow a small group has lived and mm-hmm. it's sort of a biological sort of, you know, conclusion, I guess. But then, and again, this is, this is the thing that I think is what's so great about uh, John Keel and the Mothman prophecies. I, I think it's really interesting because there's all, in all these accounts, there's always going to have, there's always going to be the side that leans sort of into the biological scientific okay maybe they're descendants of a dinosaur or a ground sloth or something that has lived that we've sort of basically decided oh well this animal animal's extinct and that's it but then there's also in almost every single one of these things uh there's a there's sort of a supernatural element which is pretty amazing i mean mm-hmm. like i was saying the loch ness monster i mean there was a house that so alistair crowley is a guy who is known as the most wicked man in the world. He lived back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and he was tied into a lot of different things, but he would do these rituals. You know, he was what you would think of as like, you know, a witch or a sorcerer or, you know, whatever. And he dabbled in all kinds of, you know, crazy kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Go look him up if you've never heard of him. He's he's pretty fascinating. But anyway, he was known to do all these rituals, you know, these week-long rituals probably some sacrifice involved probably some you know a lot of kind of bad stuff but anyway so the the story goes that he was trying to basically create a doorway to like another realm so for me i look at that and think okay well probably like another dimension or like another multiverse type thing Hmm. and he lived at this house that was right on the lake of of the lock you know of Loch Ness called the Bolskine house. And later Jimmy Page would buy it because he was obsessed with Aleister Crowley. But he did this ritual, which is called the Alamantra ritual. And I think it lasted two weeks. 
and supposedly he opened a doorway to this other dimension, and oddly enough, right around that same time, I think it was, you know, within within two years of this happening, the story goes that he never shut the doorway, and then suddenly we have the first sightings of the Loch Ness monster, Man. which is fascinating, and th- and yeah. that's definitely See, I didn't a whole know anything about that. Yeah, th- that that's definitely a whole episode unto itself basically what i'm saying is like there's always who knows i mean maybe the thing doesn't exist at all maybe it's just sort of local gossip that turns into you know it becomes its own sort of folklore um or it's biological or you know as i get a little older the you know I think that a lot of these things are sort of more supernatural. Well, I mean, it's fascinating no matter what. Gosh, I can't wait to dive into these things one by one. Oh, yeah. I mean, like that story, I had no idea. So, all right, folks, I think that's enough for this class. Um, Make sure to, uh, as you leave today, to turn in your term papers. We appreciate you uh, being here for this special lecture. And um, look, if you want to sign up for extra credit, uh, you can always go over to our Instagram page at that would be rad and click the link in our bio to sign up for our very special soon to be released that would be rad dispatch and you'll be the first to know any any news or any like you get the inside scoop you know before everyone else on social media once again thank you so much for listening thanks for coming back week after week uh, to check out the show and spend some time with us and until next time be rad that's the way
Cause